We have a very special guest alert on today's show because we are bringing on The Athletic's Daniel Popper to talk about the latest position battles coming out of training camp, how impressed he has been with Zion Johnson, and if the Derwin James deal is a done deal on today's Locked On Chargers podcast. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons now, but we're heading to our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen today. And to make sure that you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But you guys made it for today's show, which means you get Daniel Popper, I think, putting out the best training camp content of anyone out there, any writers out there for sure. And we have him coming on the show today to talk about what's going on at the wide receiver three between Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton, the update in Storm Norton versus Trey Pipkins. How good is Zion Johnson doing? We're getting into all that as well as Justin Herbert's development, if the Derwin James deal is a done deal, and even the RB2 spot that's definitely up for grabs behind Austin Eckler. But here he is, Dana Popper. All right, guys, we are here with the very special guest that we are so excited to have on, the man who is a one-man army out at Chargers training camp. We have Daniel Popper, a senior writer from The Athletic who covers the Chargers. You can find him on Twitter at Daniel R. Popper. But more importantly, if you guys want to know what's happening literally at every single training camp practice, this is the only dude I know that's putting out content after every practice. It's the first place I go when I don't get to go to practice myself. So, Daniel, thank you for coming on. If you guys haven't already, go subscribe to The Athletic. It's more than worth it. But thank you, sir. Of course. This is why I love coming on here because you just do you do all the pitching for me. I don't even have to, like, promote myself at all because you do it better than I could ever do it. So I appreciate you guys, as always. I set an incredibly high bar for myself early on, and ever <laughs> since I've just been trying to, to find a way to match that. But – I think, obviously, when you're talking about training camp, the biggest thing is, you know, position battles, right? And I think certain ones lend themselves to being evaluated in training camp, especially early on, better than others, specifically having pads on or not. But one right. of the biggest battles easily is between Jalen Guyton and Joshua Palmer for wide receiver three. So, one, of the, I mean, I've seen some great things about Jalen Guyton. I was there for some good one-on-one reps with him at practice. But it seems like most of the buzz has been on Josh Palmer early on. Do you think that he has created separation in that race? So I love that you started with this question because I think the conversation around those two guys is a little misguided right now Mm -hmm. because, and and I say this because, they do different things, right? They have very different skill sets. And that's what you want out of a wide receiver group. And Brandon Staley has actually related. It's like the starting five for a basketball, a basketball team, team yeah. right? Yeah. You want your center and power forward, your big bodies, like a Mike Williams, you know, you want your point guard, your small slot receiver, short area type guy like Keenan Allen. You know, you, there's all different types. You want your speedster, your, your wing, you know, three and D wing, right? It's like you can draw these parallels. You want guys that can do different things. And Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton do very different things. Jalen Guyton is a four, three burner, can get down the field um, and, and stretch the defense deep. Josh Palmer isn't necessarily that guy, but what he does have is really sharp route running. He's great in the short area of the field. He can play inside. He can play outside. He can play kind of that big slot role that's become a big trend in the NFL this year. Um, and, and he's great in contested catch situations. So you have two different skill sets there. Josh Palmer is going to get more snaps as a third wide receiver. That is not up for a debate. But 
it's going to be a situation like it was last year where the, where Joe Lombardi and Chris B, the wide receivers coach, can make a decision, hey, what are we trying to accomplish with this play? If right. that third wide receiver needs to run a post on the middle of the third and you're looking to take a shot off play action, who does that better? Jalen Guyton. Right. But if you're looking for that third wide receiver to run a five-yard in uh, on third down and, and win in a contested catch situation, potentially in a lot of traffic in the middle of the field, who does that better? Josh Palmer. So I don't think it's a situation where one guy is going to win that battle. I think sure. Josh Palmer is going to play more, but it's going to be dictated by the situation and what they're trying to accomplish with the scheme and the play call. Yeah. yeah, just having different players to be able to do different things when you need them to do that. That's why person- that conversation is so tough, though, right? Because it's like they yeah. do do such different things, but you're they're trying to find a way to get him on the field. And it's just like, yeah, but there's certain plays where you want a guy that runs a 4-3 and certain plays yeah. where you don't necessarily need that. Yeah, and, and let me just add this. like I know a lot of people are talking about how good Josh Palmer looks. Jalen Guyton is getting open like a lot. Right. And you know some of it has been the quarterbacking. Like Easton Stick had him on a go route on Wednesday and just overthrew him. And it, it wasn't a particularly good ball. Jalen got his hands on it, hit the ground. It came out. It's hard to put that on him. Like if Justin's, sure. in the, if Justin's playing in that spot, you know, he probably puts it on him for a touchdown. So you can only, you know, when you're playing with the second and third teams, you can really gauge, okay, is this guy winning consistently you right. know, with, with, with what he's being asked to do? And Jalen Guyton is winning consistently in the deep area of the field. Um, and so I think like, that's what he's going to bring to this offense mm-hmm. is, is that, is that element. He's always brought that element um, and he's looked, really good and he's going to fit into this offense in that role well that's good to hear i'm glad to hear that jalen guyton's yeah. doing his thing and his speed is still translating here in his third year from a personnel standpoint the biggest question mark on the roster is obviously right tackle so now with the pads on the chargers can truly kind of start that evaluation process of storm norton and trip hippians what do you think who do you think has been more impressive so far in training camp it's been pretty even and, and it's, yeah. it's early days, right? It's early days. You, you know, you're not going to pick a winner, you know, in, in right. after two days of padded practices. Right. Um, right. But they they both look like they're improved. Um, you know, just watching one-on-ones, they, they really held their own. Like storm had a really impressive rep against Joey. Joey came back and, and beat him with an inside move later in that, in that series with a little bit of a change up. But um, you know, I think they've both, they've both looked solid and, and a lot of this is going to come down to the preseason games. Like that's going to be really, really important. Um, you know, I, I had a nice chat with Brendan Nugent, the uh, offensive line coach after practice on Tuesday. And, and he's like, you know, in an ideal world, you know, one of these guys is going to separate themselves and, and we're looking for, is there a day where there's some separation? I don't think that's happened yet. Yeah. Um, this is still even an open competition. The way they're approaching it is they're going to give each guy even reps. And that's how it's gone. I mean, like no guy has a leg up right now. So one day it'll be storms. The first guy on the field, he'll get his three reps with the first team. And then on will come Trey and he'll get his three reps. The next day it'll be Trey on the field first. He'll, he'll, he'll get his three reps and then storm will come on. Both guys are getting reps with the second team as well. So they're getting a lot of work there at right tackle. And, and then what really matters is, okay, when he gets to the preseason games, what does it look like? and who's performing at a higher level. And, and that's what it's going to come down to who can show up in those games. Then obviously like as they have more padded practices, this weekend is going to be really important. You've got some padded practices this weekend, including a scrimmage on Sunday, which is going to be as close to live as this team will get in training camp. And so there's a yeah. long way to go right now. It's neck and neck. I, I would not say that one guy has, has a step on the other. They're, they're pretty even. Um, but I think, you know, talking to Brendan Nugent and from what I'm seeing myself, you know, I think they believe that both these guys are pretty, pretty significantly improved. Um, and pass protection specifically. And we'll see how that sort of shakes out in the one-on-ones and in the padded practices and preseason games to come. 
And I was there Monday, and I just Khalil Mack was about to go up against Trey Pipkins too on that last rep, and then they blew yeah. the horn. And I was like, oh, I wanted to see that, you know, is that because I mean, let's be honest, the Rashawn Slater Khalil Mack thing was like football pornography or something like that. It was just a violent, up. violent, <laughs> just gnarly matchup. But I think that day was about Zion Johnson. When I think back to 2021 Chargers training camp, I think back to you and your first reaction when Rashawn Slater went up against Joey Bosa the first time. You're like, oh my god, guys, like just stood up Joey Bosa like that. You can't do that as a rookie. It seemed like Zion Johnson at least had a little bit of that moment, right? Um, When he had his first padded practice on Monday, had some really impressive reps against Sebastian Joseph, right? Against Morgan Fox, put Jerry Tillery on the ground. How impressed were you with seeing him for the first time in pads, knowing how important he is as the, you know, starter at right guard right away? Yeah, it's a great point because that's exactly what I thought of. Because I remember, like, I'll always remember that. You know, for the rest of my life, I'll always remember that 2021 practice when he faced off, when Rashawn Slater faced off with Joey Bosa that first time. And you're just like, yeah, yep, that's it. And, and, and there was a lot of contrast, right? Because, you know, for two seasons, I had been covering a certain level of offensive line play and watching this offensive line week after week on tape. I had never really seen what it was supposed to look like. And then you see it and you're like, okay, there it is. That guy's that guy is going to be a real NFL player. And it was the same thing with Zion Johnson. His first rep, you know, he lost to Austin Johnson. But as soon as that happened, he had three more, three straight reps where it was just like dominant against Morgan Fox, against Sebastian Joseph Day, against Jerry Tiller. He pancaked him. And you're, and, and the, the thing that jumps out about Zion is just how strong he is. Like he, <laughs> at a young age, to be that strong, to have grown man strength as a rookie at that age is really impressive. And he was going up against, you know, some pretty – pretty established interior defensive lineman in that series. And then, you know, just talking to people, you know, in the organization, just what he's doing, you know, in the run blocking at 11 on 11, it's really hard to like gauge that when you're watching right. live from different angles and trying to be able to see over players and stuff like that. Um, but from what they're seeing, like he's, he's equally as impressive um, in, in the run game in terms of opening up holes and that sort of thing. So, you know, you, you see it right away. You, you know, like with offensive linemen, you can see like, okay, this guy's going to have a little bit of a learning curve or this guy's going to be a real player from day one. And Zion Johnson fits into that second category. I think they hit a, hit a home run with this pick and, and I'm really excited to, to watch him play in, in live action. <sighs> Me too. I mean, and just hearing what, you know, some of the other guys said just about how smart he is, not messing up a practice. Like, right. That's a great point. What Corey said about him was really, was really noteworthy. I think totally. Yeah. And like, when these NFL veterans are surprised by your strength, that's saying something like that's not something that should be taken lightly because these dudes are all incredibly, incredibly strong. But that dude also, you know, led the combine and bench press reps. So, yes, he's very, very strong. But yeah. we do have more guys to talk about, including Justin Herbert going into year two of Joe Lombardi's offense. And also Daniel Popper asking every single day about the Derwin James extension just to have yeah. Brandon Staley shuck him off. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. Before we get back to Daniel Popper, there is an app I need to tell you guys about, and it's the Dave app. I think all of us have been in a spot where you need a couple extra dollars for gas money, you have a wedding present that you didn't think about that you need to get, or you just need to catch up on all of your bills. That's where the Dave app can come in, because Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with their extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, more money to buy that wedding gift you didn't think about, and more money just to have so you're not stressing out until the end of the month. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest. There's no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app so they can get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need some help, make sure you download the Dave app and think of it as a helping hand from future you. 
Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. All right, guys, we are back here with the Athletics Chargers beat reporter, Daniel Popper here, of course, the one and only. And how did we get so far into an interview without talking about Justin Herbert? Well, that stops (laughs) right now. Justin Herbert is now entering year three in the league and year two in Joe Lombardi's offense. Do you think that continuity and comfortability has shown itself so far in training camp? Yeah, 100%. I mean, just the way he's operating on the field, the command that he has and you know what a lot of people are talking about and you can see it is just the conversations he's having after plays, right? Like going up to guys and saying and having conversations about, Hey, what did you see there? Let's make this tweak. Let's make this tweak here in the scheme or on this play and this route, the little details. And that's what it's all about. Right. Once you, you know, and Joe Lombardi said like, Hey, you know, it's, it's football one-on-one last year, but this year, you know, we're starting with football two Oh two stuff. And you're seeing that in terms of how he's operating and every guy, that we've talked to, to a man has said, you are seeing him take more ownership, be more involved in these conversations. And it's not the surface level overarching general stuff. It's the really minute details, stuff like cadence, for example. And we've already seen Justin draw the defense offside. You know, he did it with Michael Davis in the two minute drill on Wednesday where he switched up his cadence and Michael Davis jumped and touched the the receiver on the outside and they picked up five free yards. It didn't end up amounting to anything, but that's the kind of stuff he wasn't doing last year. Like every time it was like, all right, we're going on one boom. And, but what, (laughs) what's crazy. Yeah. What can you do when you, when all of a sudden you're operating on a different level and you can change up your cadences and change up your snap counts. uh, It helps your offensive line too. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. To get the, to, to, to get the defense um, a little bit off balance. Like those little things really matter because winning in the NFL is about finding advantages in the margins. And that's what they're going to start seeing, you know, with Justin Herbert, you know, the physical tools pop out, but it's going to be, you know, the mastery of this offense where you're going to see Justin Herbert um, take that next step and and really start to flourish and reach like the type of MVP levels that I think he's going to reach this year. Oh, for sure. I mean, that dude 100% could win MVP, and it wouldn't be that surprising at all with his ability, right? But it is so much mental at this point, too, you know? And I feel like he's already ahead of where most quarterbacks at this age are mentally, so he's at a pretty pretty good spot. But the other part of the jumping off sides thing is, like, what other quarterback in the NFL do you want more with a free play to throw it as far as you're allowed to than Justin Herbert with no ramifications if it gets intercepted? So I would like to see more of those. And just think about like that hasn't really happened. Like how many? Never. Like I can't no. think of I can't think of a specific example. I can't over think the of last a free couple play. years. Yeah. Right, but think about how many times Aaron Rodgers does that in a season. Oh yeah. And how many and times Philip did it? Right, yeah, Philip. These sure. guys, and, and actually Austin Eckler like directly, you know, compared what Justin is looking like this season to what Philip was at. You know, not saying that the they're end. the same, right. but it's reminding him of that progression, right? Because Philip would get to the line and, and like change the play and move yeah. guys around, and he was basically running the offense himself. And like they feel like Justin can become that, you know, right. and they're starting to see signs of him becoming that this training camp. And it's like, oh, cool. and this is what I've been talking about all offseason is like the, the question is, how good can Justin Herbert be? You know, when you marry, um, you know, one of the greatest physical school skill sets that we've ever seen with like that level of processing and then the bank experiences and the master of the offense and understanding what defenses are trying to do to him. Like how good can he be? I can't answer that question because he might, the answer might be the best quarterback in football. Like that honestly, that, might that honestly might be the answer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think everyone 
in that offense, everyone around the team is just super excited about that component of things for Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, how could you not be? And uh, Philip Rivers used to drive me crazy because it's like, you want to talk about a snap count? Like, that dude would dr- go down to one second every yes. single time. And it's like, <laughs> that's the best thing in the world for an, a defensive lineman to yeah. have you doing that. Like, it used to drive me nuts. Yeah. But one of the main things about this training camp specifically is the Derwin James hold-in, right? And you said it was a hold-in, and that's right because he is going through walkthroughs. He's showing up to the practices. Doesn't seem like there's any ill will towards the organization to this point, right? Not like some of the nastier holdouts that you've seen around the NFL. It seems like everything's in good spirits, but it is also like, Hey, lock up one of the most important players in this franchise, right? I mean, you know, he is the face of a franchise at this point. He was at every big landmark thing through the off season and all the reports coming out, everyone's optimistic that a deal gets done too. Right? Is that how you're feeling about it? Feeling about it at this point? Is this pretty much a done deal? Yeah, it's going to get done. I mean, you don't bring the guy out to your, to your groundbreaking you know, for the new exactly get him the, splashed with holy water, right? For the yeah, that was we can we can talk about that if you want to, but yeah, uh, bring him out to the groundbreaking, right? For your for your uh, facility that's opening up in twenty twenty four. If you're not planning on signing this guy long term, that is not going to be here in twenty twenty four. Right. And, and the one thing I will say is, you know, usually you know you get into these types of negotiations and everyone jumps on the team, right? Why right. hasn't the team gotten it done? Why right. hasn't the team gotten it done? But it takes two sides to get a deal done. And there's certainly a possibility in this situation that the team has made a really good offer that would make Derwin James the highest paid safety in the league. And Derwin and his camp are, you know, holding strong to got, try and get as much money as they possibly can or get more guaranteed money. Get for more a player money, who's been very injured, right? Get more money guaranteed for injury. Them. Right. And I think like, you know, you know, when the negotiation drags on a little bit longer, um, you got to look at the specific situation and why that would be happening. You have a player here who, when he's on the field, is an all-pro level player and does yeah. things that no other player in the NFL pretty much can do. But he missed 27 out of 32 games in in 2020, um, 2019 and 2020, right? So, so that's part of it. Like It's a really unique situation in terms of negotiating the contract because there is that facet to it. And if you're a team, you have to try and protect yourself against – that type of situation right you know if you're the player you're like you want as much guaranteed as money because that inevitably is in the back of your mind right so like it has to be i think there ha- you know a negotiation you have to look at both sides right and it's not just like why hasn't the team gotten it done it's why haven't the two sides been able to find middle ground and i think it's exactly what we're saying it's a unique situation um and you know derwin and his camp are obviously going to try and get as much money as possible and the chargers are going to try and make a good deal and the one thing i will say is the chargers don't make bad deals you know, Ed McGuire is their cap guy, and he, he's the one that does most of the negotiating with the agents, and he does a hell of a job. Like, go look. There's like zero there's, dead cap space. Yeah. There's a reason. There's a reason that the Chargers, year after year after year, are the, are among the lowest teams in in dead money. Right? It's because yeah. they yeah. are always looking for value in these contracts. They don't really make bad deals in free agency. Brian Bulaga aside, you know, I think that was like a a, a desperate move to try and and, sure. and patch up the offensive line. It didn't work out, and it didn't seem like a great deal at the time. Right? But those are those okay. are outliers. Otherwise, yeah, like sure. a lot of these, I mean, you can go back to Casey Hayward, right? Finding Huge. him as a diamond in the rough, you know, Absolutely. the Corey Lindsley deal has worked out really, really well. And they always put, set Matt up Filer, these contracts, yeah. right? Matt Filer. So they always yeah. set up these contracts where they can get out of them at the right time. Um, and so, you know, you're, you're looking at a team that's always makes really good deals and rarely gets beaten, right? By agents on these deals. 
And then you're looking at Derwin's camp and his agent, David Mulligetta, who obviously is really, really good at his job. And his job is to get the most for his players. I mean, he got a fully guaranteed contract, the most guaranteed money ever given to a player who might miss the entire season because of suspension into Sean Watson. So it's like, you know, it's a, it's a perfect storm for something like this to happen, but it's going to get done. It's going to get done. I can guarantee you that. The question is when, and, and we'll see how, how that plays out. Yeah, well, Brandon Staley has called Derwin James the quarterback of the defense, and Tom Telesco definitely went out there and made sure that his defensive quarterback <laughs> had a lot of new weapons to play with, and they mm -hmm. really needed to. They had to improve a very, very bad defense from last year. With all of those additions coming into camp, how do you think that those pieces are fitting? Do you think they're gelling early on? Yeah, I've been really impressed with how fast it's gelled because usually when you bring in so many new pieces, that's a you would lot expect of new starters. Yeah, it, I actually went through it. It's eight potentially eight new starters. <laughs> yeah, like we can go through them here. Sebastian yeah. Joseph Day and Austin Drew, Johnson yeah. on the defensive line. You're gonna have Khalil Mack at edge rusher. You're gonna have Kyle Van Noy at at linebacker. You're gonna have Bryce Callahan in the slot. Uh, you're gonna have J.C. Jackson on the outside, um, and, and maybe then Troy Reader. And right if now. Drew's out, you might potentially – yeah, so so I, I threw Troy Reader in there because he's playing right now with Drew out. So, like, if Drew isn't ready for the start of the season, you potentially going to eight new – eight out of 11 new players. And exactly. yet, they've been, they've been better than an offense that's bringing back pretty much everybody. And all we're talking about is the continuity on offense, whether it's the coaching, whether it's the personnel. And yet, the defense has been playing better than the offense so far in camp. And, and I think the biggest thing when we're talking about this is just how many of these guys have played in this game before. Like they're right. starting from a, from a, a level that's a little bit ahead of where you normally would Baseline. when you're bringing in that many new players because Troy Ritter has been in the scheme and Khalil Mack has been in the scheme and Bryce Callahan has been in the scheme and Sebastian Joseph Day has been in the scheme. So in each of these position groups, right, you have a guy that has played there before. And, and yeah, the language changes slightly from year to year. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the overarching ideas in the scheme are the same. You understand it from, from a fundamental level if you've played in the scheme before. Bryce Callahan, you know, has only played in this scheme. His whole entire career, Chicago, whether it was in Denver. Chicago or Denver. So I think that's a big part of it, right? And yeah. so, you know, you, you have guys that understand the scheme already. And then you have a guy in Kyle Van Noy that's played a lot of football. And he's, he's widely regarded as a super, super, super intelligent player. So you bring that all together and, and maybe it's gelling a little bit faster because of that familiarity um, that, that, you know, these guys have in the scheme from previous seasons. And we heard from Staley last year that one of the problems was that it took them longer than he thought to get everybody on the same page defensively. He didn't go after a bunch of his own guys after, you know, yeah. going into his first season on the defensive side, he made sure to go after guys like that. Another guy is JC Jackson and Kyle Van Noy, which make a ton of sense too. But we yeah. do have some questions. A couple more we need to get to with Daniel Popper, the senior writer covers the chargers for the athletic Go subscribe right now, and we're getting into the RB2 battle and some young players who have been standing out coming up right after this. We do have a couple more questions for Daniel Popper, but before we get into that, I do need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports like UFC on the weekends, esports, and even golf. I mean, I know I've been betting on a lot of UFC and golf without football here, but there's a ton of NFL futures you can guys can get on right now. You can even find the odds for the first game of the season. Football season is coming, guys. Get on betonline.net because they have the best and most creative ways to bet. I'm a big prop bet guy. They have a lot of that. I'm a big live in-game betting guy so I can change my fortune in real time. I love that. 
with BetOnline.net. So make sure you guys head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we are back here with Daniel Popper. You guys can find him on Twitter at Daniel R. Popper. Make sure you guys are subscribing to The Athletic for, I think, the best news and notes coming out of training camp. Just super in-detail notes about every single practice. And it's just the truth, man. It truly is. Appreciate it. He's such a great resource for us, especially since David lives in Texas, so he can't go to all the practices. So it's great. But I think one of the positions that's interesting right now, and I think a lot of people are talking about it, but I don't know if we can really make an evaluation yet, is the running back position, right? Because it's Austin Eckler and then everybody else. Like, I mean, Brandon Staley said there's five dudes competing for RB2 right now, right? So he's including the undrafted free agents like yeah. Kevin Marks and Letty Brown, right? But mm-hmm. as we see it, right, the most likely scenario is it's going to be Isaiah Spiller, Josh Kelly, Larry Roundtree. It seems yeah. like they had Josh Kelly kind of as RB2, right, rotating in and out so far to start camp, and it seems like that's been mixing around a lot. But, like, is it going to take us seeing them in preseason when they're yeah. actually getting tackled? Or has any of them done anything so far to really make a mark in any other way? Yeah, it's, it's completely open right now. And a lot of it's going to come down to to these preseason games. I think all three guys, Joshua Kelly, Lauer Roundtree, and, and Isaiah Spiller are going to play in these preseason games. And, and you're really going to get a good look at, okay, you know, can these guys break tackles? You know, that's really like the only time you can figure that out is in preseason games. Had a great chat with uh, running back running backs coach Derek Foster. After Wednesday's, Wednesday's practice, talked to him for almost 20 minutes just about these three guys and, and what he's seeing out of them. Um, that's going to be in one of these notebooks. One day when I don't have enough to write about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that <laughs> in there. They, they, they really love how um, Joshua Kelly is progressing. He uh, put on some weight this offseason. He looked um, good. He looked better right, physically this year. He looked like there he was like a physical really difference shape. when I yeah. saw yeah. him. Yeah, he's, he's put on some weight, so they like that you know, physicality that will come from that extra weight. And then, you know, just his acceleration, his, his explosiveness, which is something we've seen. Um, I think with Joshua Kelly, it's going to come down to confidence. He has all the physical tools, but he's just had the, some fumbles at really inopportune times that I think have affected his confidence, even going back to his rookie year. When yeah. he had those fumbles and back-to-back yeah. games against the Panthers. After starting really good. He started right. really good that season. It's easy to forget exactly, now. Exactly, exactly. And I think, like, from that point on, he just hasn't had enough consistency to, to get over – you know, those fumbles and to really find that confidence. Right. But he's, he, of the three guys he's playing the most with the first team outside, you know, obviously Austin's getting right. the most reps, but of those right. three guys he's playing most with the first team. And we'll see what happens in these preseason games. Um, you know, and the, the other thing with Joshua Kelly that I would add is he's in year three now, right? So I think like from a pass protection standpoint, they've really seen a lot of development as a rookie. That yeah. was a weak spot in his game, but talking to Derek Foster, he's telling me, Hey, this is now a strength of his game. Like we love what Joshua Kelly can do as a pass protector and you know, third downs and, and picking up blitzes and that sort of thing, which I was surprised to hear, you know, cause it I know like they practice that a ton too. Like it seems yeah. like there's a huge focus on that from the running backs of like, right, we're just going to keep doing pass protection. Cause I remember Josh Kelly had a play last year where he got Justin Herbert lit up, right? He yeah. made the wrong rate. A guy came off edge and Justin right. Herbert got lit up. So, and that's so important to gain the trust of your coaching staff to be able to right. protect not the just, golden you know, boy. not Baker Mayfield protecting Justin Herbert. You can't let yeah. that guy just get a free yeah. run. Right. A hundred percent. So, you know, we'll see in, in preseason games, you know, we'll yeah. see it. We'll see what they can do when, when the live bolts are flying and, and they're not going up against the same defense and you're getting different blitz packages and different looks. Totally. Um, Larry, yeah. With, with Larry Roundtree, Derek Foster told me that he's just really, 
trying to get Larry to use his 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 lower body, which he thinks is the strongest part of his his running game. It's mm-hmm. just the, his, you know how big his legs are and how powerful he is in his right. lower body, and getting him to use that you know to break tackles and be that type of physical downhill runner that they think he can be. And then with Isaiah Spiller, he's just really young. He was the youngest player drafted of any player in all seven rounds, and so Crazy. you know they they feel like you know he's got a ton of upside. Um, so we'll see if that that translates early on, or if, or if it might take him a little more time to to find his footing. Um, you know, they're they're definitely easing him in and phasing him in. I think he got, from like from my notes, he got his really first reps with the first team on on Wednesday, and I think we'll see that you know those numbers grow. Uh, but the one thing is they love his mentality. Um, when they were doing one on ones the other day, um, he went up against Kyle Van Noy in the first rep, and Kyle Van Noy just you know, obliterated him, which is like understandable, that. right? <laughs> yeah. That's like, going to happen. You're talking about, yeah. You're talking about a vet in this league, you know, a grown ass man going up against a 20 year old kid seeing, you know, an NFL blitzer for the first time. Yeah. But what Derek Foster told me was really impressive was Isaiah Spiller came up next and he said, I want Kyle again. Right. Okay. That's kind of like Asante kind of had a moment like that last year, right? Exactly. So I literally said the same thing to Derek Foster because right when he was telling that story, Asante was walking by me and I was like, Asante did the exact same thing with Keenan Allen last year. Right. And like, you know, you talk about like the dog mentality. Yeah. That's, but that's what you want in your young players. Yeah. Like not, not, you know, tail between your legs, walking to the back of the line. It's like, no, I'm, I want that again. And I'm going to keep doing it right until I get it right. Until I can face this level of competition and be successful. Because that's what um, it's so, going to take. You're going to have to go up against somebody that good. You might as well get it, you know, figure it out now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Exactly. So you, you see the explosiveness. You see the His downhill running. like big, too. Yeah, um, right. 100%. The, the route running has been very impressive. He's a really good route runner. He's got great hands. And and you see it. Like, you don't get the the, the tackling. But there was a play on t- in Tuesday's padded practice, and I think I wrote about this in my notebook, where he hit a hole, and Eamon Agbogmoni was in the hole, and those two guys collided, and you could hear it. Like, like Eamon – felt Isaiah Spiller <laughs> on that play, you know? And so like, that's what you want. Um, we'll see how he progresses, uh, but they like what they see so far. And, um, you know, we'll see how he performs in, in the preseason games, but you know, they're confident they're going to find somebody out of these three guys. And they, they only think that the competition is going to, is going to breed the best out of these guys. We'll see if that comes to fruition. I have my concerns, you know, and I pose this question to Derek Foster and, and just like, why is this year different than last year? Cause you went into the season last year thinking that you had a pretty good rotation behind right. Austin but, and it didn't right. really work out um and I think the difference now is like Isaiah Spiller is a fourth round pick a guy who, who was really successful in the SEC he was in a pro style offense and they're and, and I think they they're really hoping that he's gonna you know take that job and, and never look back um so we'll see we'll see how it plays out but I think that's the hope for the organization Austin Eckler is definitely paying very close attention <laughs> that is <laughs> yeah for certain. Um, yeah. Every year there are players who kind of just burst onto the scene in training camp and make a name for themselves. Are there any young players who have surprised you at camp to this point? I'll give you four. Michael. Yeah. Michael Bandy. Shout out to Michael Bandy. He Back has been years. He's yeah. He's been even better in this training camp than he was last year. And he's getting some, he's getting more looks this year. Um, just, just a, a really polished player. Doesn't drop passes. Great hands. Great route runner. I mean, he put on a show in one-on-ones. I mean, he cooked yeah. Michael Davis on 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 yeah on one yeah. on one slant route. Uh, just like super polished route runner, really crafty. You know, I don't know if he's going to make the roster, but that's a guy you stash on the practice squad, and you'd feel comfortable throwing him out in, into the slot if you needed to, and if you're in a pinch at some point, he can return punts, he can return kicks. 
So he brings a lot to the table, but I've been really impressed because when you're a player like that, you have to make every play that comes your way. Have to. Yeah, every time. And it starts with a play here, a play and there. sometimes that's still not enough, right? The margin then, yeah. for error is zero. Right. Yeah. And then you, you gain some more confidence. You gain. You get to know the coaching staff. They start trusting you. you get a little more looks on the second team. You might get thrown in, with, in, in a first team rep if a bunch of guys are sitting out. And all of a sudden you're making plays there. And that's how you make a name for yourself. So Michael Bandy, I've been really impressed with him. Second one, Damon Lloyd. Missed all of last year um, with an injury. He was on IR. He got injured in training camp. He reminds me a lot of Denzel Perryman. Now, no one is Denzel in the sense sure. that, like, he's, he's, you know, built like a Greek god. No right. one no one is like that. But, you know, <laughs> from the sense that, like, like a little bit shorter, a little stocky, but just, like, super physical and, and a you know, great hitter and, you know, will get after people in the run game, you know, flash some speed in, in the pass game covering running backs in the flat. He's been really, really impressive. And, again, I don't think he's a guy that's going to make the 53-man roster. Um, but, you know, flashing enough to, to be on their radar and be a guy that they should absolutely keep on the practice squad. And then I'll throw the two corner draft picks out there. Yeah. Jasir Taylor and Dean Leonard do not look like a sixth and seventh round pick. Like they look like guys that could legitimately contribute this year. Um, we'll see if they're able to crack the 53 man roster. Um, right now, Jasir Taylor is playing pretty much exclusively in the slot. Looks mm. really comfortable in there, though. And not everyone can play in the slot because there's just so much going on uh, in the middle of the field, so much traffic. Uh, but he, he looks really comfortable in there. It's where he played last year. And I've been really impressed with just how he's been reading routes out of the slot, particularly like some outbreaking routes. He had back-to-back uh, pass breakups in 11-on-11 11 11 the other day. And the last one, I mean, the whole defensive sideline erupted. So, you know, he's looked really good. Um, and then Dean Leonard, you know, just – strictly from uh, an appearance, right? Like you see him, you're like, okay, that guy, that guy looks like an outside corner. He's got some length. He's got some size. And then just the mentality again, like he will get up on guys. He'll press you. He might get beat, right? Jalen Guyton beat him for Jalen, Jalen Guyton beat him on a deep shot one time, but he's made some plays in in the deep area of the field. um, And, and he will get up on people and press them and, and play with that aggressive mentality that, that, Brandon still really loves out of his outside corner. So, you know, I, I don't know if those two guys are going to be contributors this year, but they look like they could absolutely be legitimate NFL players down the line. And, you know, I saw Brandon Staley talking to Jasir Taylor for like five minutes uh, before, I think it was Tuesday's practice, just coaching him up, coaching him up, coaching him up. And I think that's indicative of how important Staley knows that the secondary depth is going to be this year after what happened last year. So, you know, even if those guys end up on the practice squad, whatever it is, you know, knowing like, hey, I'm, I'm watching you. Like I, I, and I know that you're important and I know that your development is important. This is the head coach of the football team talking to a six, yeah. pick. you know, I think that will go a long way towards, towards building his confidence, but they're really excited about both those guys. So there's four names for you. I've been four names is more than enough. I mean, Urban Meyer didn't even want to learn the players on his own team's name. So having a head coach go spend that much time with a dude who is probably on the roster bubble, I think tells you a lot. He also, the practice I was at, it seemed like he stayed like 40 minutes just to talk to all the players' families and go up to every single one of them. Yeah. Just a special kind of dude. But it does also feel like, Pop, this year, that it's going to be a harder year to make it as an undrafted free agent. Like, this is a pretty loaded team, a deep team. Those That cornerback room, like, even if they keep six corners, there's going to be some very, very tough decisions to make at the end of that, right? Because you have guys like Kamon Hall coming back, too, right? And just guys who already know the system and stuff. I'm excited to see it, but Pop, thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Nobody's putting out better training camp content than you right now. The only thing that'd be better is if they let you take videos, and obviously you can't do that. But if you guys <laughs> want to find the latest and everything coming out of Chargers training camp, 
this is the guy you want to follow on Twitter at Daniel R. Popper. You can also subscribe to The Athletic. I think it's one of the only paywalls I pay for. More than worth it. I would pay twice as much as I pay right now to have Absolutely. it. And it's just the content coming out is that good. So thank you, Pop, again. We will definitely be checking back in with you for sure. But thank you for everything on Training Camp. We appreciate it. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, another special thank you to Daniel Popper for coming on the show. Really do think he's putting out some great Chargers training camp content. And I am going to that every day. I can't go. I'm checking in on what he says is going down. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We will be back with you guys on Monday. As always, thank you guys for checking out the show. If you want to make sure you never miss a big interview like this, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel or also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. Whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, and make sure to rate and review if you like the show too. It's always nice to get those. It definitely keeps me and David going. But we also post the show to all of our social media. So you can find it on my Twitter at DanTalkSports. You can find it on David Drogemeyer's Twitter at DrotalkSDU. And you can find it on the show's Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can also find us on Instagram at LockdownChargers. And we also have a LockdownChargers Facebook page. But that is going to do it for today. Probably trying to get into some Twitter Tuesday next week. And on Monday, though, we're going to be recapping the Chargers scrimmage that's going down on Sunday. So make sure you're back here with us then. Until then, take it easy and go Bulls.